Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to another episode of Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Father James Gross here with you from our Grand Forks studio, along with my uh, classmate and my brother priest, Father Jason Leffer. Good morning. Greetings, Father Gross, on this uh, this almost spring. Yes. In some parts of the listening area, spring has basically sprung, but here in the frozen tundra, we're not anywhere near that. <laughs> I, I think our I think our snow banks in, on the berm in front of the rest may have decreased like uh, six inches or so, but uh, they're still probably plenty tall. You know, and looking ahead to that first guest, thinking of his last name, we do want to pray for a good melt. Exactly. Because danger of flooding. Slow down, so. and gradual, yes, indeed, with all the moisture that this part of the country has uh, in, in the ground uh, already, and a whole bunch of issues with that, too, which we may be able to get into, as well as many other things. Before that, though, uh, if I could call upon you, Father, to begin our time together in prayer. Let us invoke our Heavenly Father, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, our Father in Heaven, we thank you, we praise you, we worship you, we adore you. We praise and thank you for the gift of life and the glory in us through your word, who is Jesus Christ, the word made flesh incarnate. Heavenly Father, may that word go forth now by the power of the Holy Spirit to the ears of all of our listeners. May it touch their hearts, their minds, uh, their intellects, their wills, their memories, their imaginations, that we might be all transformed into one good, beautiful saint of God. We ask all this through Christ our Lord, our Father, Amen. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. And so at this time, we're going to turn things over to Gregory, the man, the legend, at our, uh, uh, <laughs> our studio in Fargo. He's yes. Back. We are yeah. so excited. <laughs> Who's going to give us a preview of today's show? Yeah. So coming up this morning, have you ever been in the midst of a discussion on faith and all of a sudden the person you're visiting with, with makes an unfounded claim? What do you do at this moment? That's what we'll discuss with Dr. Tony Flood, a professor of philosophy. And have you ever wondered why in some dioceses children receive the sacraments of reconciliation, confirmation, and first Eucharist in second and third grade? We'll dive into this topic as we visit with Christy Untersayer, Director of Religious Education at Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Church uh, Perpetual Help Church in Reynolds, North Dakota. And Fathers Jason Leffer and Father James Gross will offer a brief reflection on the upcoming Gospel reading for the second Sunday of Lent. All this and more coming up this morning, Fathers. Very good. Thank you very much, Gregory. We'll look forward to hearing from you again uh, later on in the program today. Let's dive on in with our uh, first guest who we have with us there in the Fargo studio, Dr. Tony Flood. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, when you have when we have a guest with uh, such a uh, venerable title as doctor, I guess we have to mind our P's and Q's. So we want to find out a little bit about that. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I have been, I'm originally from Ohio, and I have been in the area here now. This is my 18th year. I came to teach at Cardinal Mench Seminary back in 2003 um, and was there for eight years. I am now over at NDSU. Um, married, three kids. Um, 
My main philosophy interests are St. Thomas Aquinas. I've published a couple books on him, and so I'm always excited to talk about him or anything related to philosophy. Fantastic. And you mentioned uh, Ohio. A number of us priests in our diocese had the uh, privilege of going to um, uh, the Pontifical College Josephinum in Columbus. So was that anywhere close to your uh, stomping grounds? Yes. I grew up in a little town called Canal Winchester, which was just south of Columbus. So yeah. Very good. I remember that name. Yes, remember that name clearly. So it's great to have you with us today. And for for those of us of the the infamous pre-seminary in basketball game, <laughs> we know Dr. Flood. He was our coach for a number of years. But you know, I don't know his his record. You know, he 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 was responsible for coming up with a strategy to to you know deal with Jason Miller. Yeah. Oh, now and then just somehow re- Dr. Flood retired. Now that he's a priest, he's now Father Jason Miller, and so he you know. Yeah, get to reap the well. Well, just there. just remember, coaching strategies and execution by players; those are two very different things. You know, I, I can't control everything. <laughs> the guy, the guy who holds a clipboard can only do so much. Exactly. <laughs> Point well taken. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and so you are a uh, philosophy professor there on the campus of uh, North Dakota State University, and uh, we're actually having you on with us to talk about um, how to uh, discuss matters of faith and um, particularly the issue that may come up when somebody uh, makes a claim that is uh, inaccurate or unfounded and how many times we as Catholics can become on the defensive rather than to really you know enter into that with kind of a a cool and a a clear head and a cool demeanor can you tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about this Sure. So I, I want to situate it in a larger context. So, okay. you know, the Catholic tradition with respect to truth is that truth is a good for the person, right? So it, it's obviously useful to know things. Um, it can be pleasant to know things, um, but it, it's also good. It's it good in a, in a strong, robust personal sense that it, it contributes to a person's flourishing, a well-ordered life. Um, and so it's a substantive sort of thing. Um, because of that, I, I, you, there is this natural inclination to love the truth, to, to really have a desire to, to know, to understand, um, even if it's not useful, right? So if, if that's your mindset, you, you, you don't merely view a proposition that's true as an abstract, impersonal sort of thing. It's always connected, particularly important truths, are always connected to you as a person. You know, um, so what, what I hear you saying there is that truth is a person his name is jesus christ well right? so, yeah so I mean, any I mean, truth is going to be personal in that sense right um so but from a you know an interpersonal standpoint when dealing with when talking with other people i i think one of the things and, and this goes beyond just just a religious um you know just catholicism of course but you know if if a cherished belief is is being attacked or challenged you know, it's not just an attack on some abstract proposition that lies outside of you on a piece of paper, right? I mean, it's very easy to interpret that attack as a personal attack on you. Um, Which could be become emotional very right. quickly. Right, and, and that brings in the emotions, that brings in, you know, the desire to defend yourself and to defend your honor, and, and all of those are um, can, can be appropriate. Um, but, you know, we have to be sensitive to the context. The, the person we're talking to, is that what they intend? Are they actually trying to attack us personally? I'm going to say in the vast majority of cases in our um, conversations with other people, that's not the case. Um, 
they're not looking to just take us down. Um, Does it depend too, like on like the intention of the conversation? Like if if it's if you're about relationship building, or if you're about actually more of a uh, philosophical discussion for the sake of you know ideas. I mean, it really does depend on the circumstances, right? And and it true. depends, um, you know, with whom you're talking. If you're talking with a friend, um, obviously that's going to have a much different character to it than you know somebody who just comes up to you on the street and challenges you know, something you believe. Well, um, which in a case, like Father Gross and I, because we you know we in public we're dressed as priests, and this this happens quite quite often. I just took a trip le- recently and. It was one of those trips where almost every single person, they felt the need to comment to me or inform me or challenge me on something. It was very interesting. So, yeah, Father Gross and I are really interested in what you have to say. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing that I will say that's maybe not the most popular thing, but um, I'll, I'll just go with it. You know, sometimes when people are just challenging you in order to, you know, launch a personal attack, that it's basically just a veiled personal attack under the guise of attacking a proposition, yeah, that's really not the right context to have a dialogue and a discussion. They're, they're probably not actually interested in that, and they're not going to be open to hearing what you have to say. So you're talking about the philosophical principle of prudence. Yeah, so, I mean, it's one, it may Cardinal be of one of those <laughs> shaking the dust off your feet moments and just and moving on. Um, right. But, I mean, I think what we really have in mind here are those contexts where that's not the case. We're, we're talking to somebody um, who is conscientious. Um, they, they are a truth seeker as much as you. Um, and, I, and I think that's the more interesting context because that's where we do want to enter into dialogue. Um, you know, not only to try to persuade them of maybe what, what I believe, but also to learn from them. Um, it's a, you know, a give and take two-way street. Right. Now, one of the things that I was thinking of as I was considering the topic that we're um, taking up with you here today, Dr. Flood, is um, Pope Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI uh, coined a phrase, you might say, at the beginning of his pontificate, the dictatorship of relativism, you know, in terms of addressing this tendency in many parts of society and culture to subjectivize you know, various things that cannot be subjectivized when you're talking about the truth. So, you know, can you tell us a little bit about how this, that sense, that uh, relativism kind of creeps in and, and pollutes these sorts of uh, conversations and uh, the pursuit of pursuit of the truth? Sure. Um, you know, I would actually go back even one step further and, and say, you know, the thing about the pursuit of the truth, the, the life of the mind, if you want to call it that, is it, it requires various virtues. It requires good habits. It's a long-term sort of commitment. You need to train yourself um, to really seek the truth, even when it's difficult, even when it's not clear, even when it takes time, effort, etc. Um, and because of that, right, like many of the great challenges in life... Um, it's easier just not to do it if you don't have to. Um, it, it's just just the way it is. Um, so I think a lot of people gravitate towards these, you know, something like relativism, not so much out of I've thought through this and relativism is what intellectually makes sense, other than this is just a shortcut whereby I can avoid the hard work that it would take to put in the time to think about these things. Um, now, you know, each person's different. I'm not saying that's each and every person, but I, I think that's definitely a possibility. If it is, 
I, I think we, when you're talking to someone where you suspect that they, it's not so much that they're committed to relativism as a, um, an actual theory of the truth, but rather it's just either they've imbibed it from the culture or um, it's just exactly. that shortcut. You know, find out what they love. It's, you know, ultimately we as human beings, everything's determined, everything's determined by what we love. So when we love something, we want to know about it. We want to understand it. And this is, um, you know, not just, you know, grand philosophical religious things. This is anything. If you like the Vikings, if you're really a passionate Vikings fan, you're going to know everything about them. Um, If you like stamps, you're going to know everything about stamps, right? I mean, whatever you love that's where your intellectual energies tend to be. Now, here's the thing. I would say the vast majority of people are not relativist when it comes to what they truly and deeply love, right? They're going to say they can know things about the people they love. They can know things about the sports team they love. It's not just some mysterious, you know, truth is whatever I say in this domain. The Vikings had this particular record last year, and that's the way it is. So kind of use that as a way in, right? Look for consistency. You, you already love this, thereby you're committed to these objective standards for talking about what's true or false and kind of build out from there. Well, those who are, for those who are just joining us here on Real Presence Live, we are visiting with Dr. Tony Flood, who is a professor of philosophy at Gobizen, North Dakota State University. So, so you know, as I'm listening to you, Dr. Flood, it, it sounds like, um, you know, Father Gross and I might be in one category because this is our lives, you know, we're used to engaging people on a certain level and, and even we can feel threatened in certain conversations or whatever, but so there, there, so on our end, it would take like, uh, some spiritual discernment when you're engaging another person, like, you know, who are they, what are they about and what, you know, how about like, um, are there some kind of basic rules for the person, your average Catholic who's out there, maybe they don't feel completely confident in, in their faith or knowledge or whatever, but they're, you know, also here somebody asks them or engages them in the question. I mean, do you, do you have some advice for that type of a person who's listening right now saying, yeah, what do I do when, when people ask me? <laughs> you know, the first thing is try to figure out what common basis you have with the person uh, with whom you're talking. If, if or, or is, it a, is it a fellow Catholic who's challenging on, on some point of Catholicism? Is, is it a Christian who shares... Um, an appreciation of the scriptures, and you could find common ground there. If it's, uh, you know, neither of those, um, you know, that would go back to, do we have any shared interest, you know, non-religious interest? Always find those points of contact. I think that's... Is there is there some value, like, in identifying... Like, I, I always kind of encourage people, well, like, if you feel like intellectually you, you're on quicksand and you don't feel confident there... Is there merit or some value in always saying, you can always go to your personal experience, saying like, well, maybe I don't have the intellectual answer for that, but I can tell you from my personal experience that this is what God has done for me, or this is what truth has done for me, or this is what the... I mean, is there value in that that kind of expression as well? Well, yeah, and I would say that's probably... Um, you know, how we generally operate. You know, right. you, you're talking about your experience as a priest, and I'm you know, I can relay my experience as an academic, right? I, I'm just not living in the <laughs> normal world. So it's in terms of the life life of the mind where everything's categorized and, and principled. And, you know, I, I struggle with that, with talking to, um, call them normal people. Um, 
you know, that idea of just, how about just sharing a life experience? That would not be the first thing I would do, um, but it's probably the first thing I should do. Um, well, how about then from you, because we have you, we want, we want to get as much value out of you as we can. Could you share with us, like, your experience in the classroom when you have these young minds who come in, and you see kind of where they are, and what does it look like to take them from there to where they actually do engage in this process of growing in, in truth and knowledge and understanding? Right. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I teach philosophy, so I, I don't, um, you know, I don't engage in the, the theological aspects, of course, on campus. Um, but, but in terms of the philosophy, you know, what can we do? Well, you know, going back to Socrates, we can be very reflective about life. We take a ref- what we would call reflective engagement with respect to reality, which means we're thinking about things. We're looking at things more, more carefully. But most importantly for Socrates is you're turning within. You, you start by looking at your own beliefs, um, your own commitments, and, and, you know, really putting a lot of mental energy into discerning just that. Because, you know, we're always, you know, obviously in talking with other people, we're going to be focused on the other person. But it really begins with understanding for oneself one's own beliefs uh, that's going to be the frame of reference you bring to a conversation um, very good and i dr flood i'm just going to jump in here because we are grateful to be able to have you for two segments but we're going to need to step away for just a moment um, so after the break we'll look at what intellectual dialogue should look like and if there is a point where dialogue simply can't take place we'll continue this great conversation with dr tony flood after these messages you're listening to real presence live Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College, and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. I chose Mount Marty because when I first visited Mount Marty College my freshman year, I could feel the sense of community and the relationships I built with the professors I met and the coaches I met the very first time on campus was really impactful to me. Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. You can join Father Tom Loomis and St. James Coffee on a life-changing travel experience on a tour to Poland where you will encounter Christ and his church and learn from history, the life of Pope John Paul, the faith of the Polish people, and more August 22nd through the 31st, 2020. Participation in this tour provides financial support for St. James Coffee. You can stop by the coffee shop in Rochester to pick up a brochure or Ed Ventures can be reached at 800-658-7128. 
Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for a full-time administrative assistant to the programming director. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills and have excellent oral and written communication skills. Tasks will include assisting in lining up daily guests for our local program, Real Presence Live, writing talking points and promotional material for program segments, and managing a programming calendar. Degree or experience in communication or business administration is preferred but not required. For more information, contact Brandon at 877-795-0122. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live as Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross are joining you from the historic Southside District in beautiful downtown Grand Forks today. And uh, in just a few minutes, we'll have our Straight Talk segment. We want to give you that number right away so that you can start thinking about the questions that you will uh, bring to us, 877-795-0122. You can also post questions on our uh, Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. Also, a reminder of our website, Real Presence Radio. You can listen to programming from your local area, find a podcast for one of our daily shows if you happen to miss it, submit a prayer intention for our Prayerfully Your segment, as well as to recommend your uh, parish priest for the Honor Our Father's uh, Dozen Donuts. We can't forget about that, can we, Father Leffer? I was shocked last night. I showed up at Faith Formation and all kids are standing there and they had these donuts and they all cheered and... And I was, I was like, what's going on here? It's, and they presented these donuts as well. It's Lent, and I got nominated. And okay. I, I got it. I was just like, wow. And I'm telling you, it sounds strange, but it really touched me. I mean, deeply. And they read off all these things that people submitted, and I was like, I almost started crying. So if it sounds yeah. this morning that Father Leffer is still on a sugar high coming down from that, that's the reason why from uh, what happened there last <laughs> night. But uh, let's get back to our conversation with Dr. Flood. And before the break, you were uh, visiting with us about um, how to uh, uh, engage with, you know, whether it be uh, university students with regard to, um, you know, a respectful discussion about the truth. So um, we kind of stepped on uh, some of what you were saying so were there any uh, points that you wanted to wrap up or finish on that particular question i'm just going to wrap up one point on socrates okay. um yay socrates um because so socrates is the first significant philosopher of the western tradition so that's um anytime a philosopher's talking about socrates we're we're going back to the beginnings but you know, he talks about critical self-examination, but the one other element to this that I think is quite important is Socrates thinks that this process also reveals what he calls an awareness of one's own ignorance. Um, you know, not in the sense that you just realize you're dumb and not capable of knowing anything, but rather the reverse. You, you, you confront reality and realize that you, in the face of reality, um, there there's a big asymmetry there it's a you're you're looking in the face of this mystery and you you realize your finite small size in respect of that so you know he encourages you just always be aware of you know that you probably know less than you do know right there's always more ignorance there than than what you know so knowing that personally it's a good thing because it ends up driving that desire for the truth right you know there's always more out there um there's always more to search there's always value in 
you know, conversing with others and reading and researching um, and reflecting. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I would wrap it up in that way. So that I think that's a... Very good. No, we appreciate that uh, the, the, that mindset. And also with regard to the methodology of Socrates about the, the posing of questions, that, that activity of engagement rather than, you know, I'm standing on the tallest pedestal and, and your job is just to, you know, uh, passively listen. Actually, Father Gross, and I know it very well because the, the rector of uh, Cardinal Minch when we were there, that was his his normal, Father Ermer, his normal way of discuss, <laughs> uh, engaging you was if you ever asked him a question, he responded with a question. And when you're a little younger and, and more mature, that can be very frustrating. But he was—he's very successful in getting people right. to engage and go. His deeper, homilies too. Right? Yeah, it's always yes. a question, and he always ends with a question. <laughs> he, he prepared um, Dorothy and I for marriage, so I, I know his method well. Oh <laughs> um, yes, indeed. You got to see it up close and personal. Yeah, you're, you're looking at that door, wondering when can I get out of here. I feel like I'm being. Um, <laughs> So he, well, he's Socrates yeah, incarnate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Father Leffer, we end up having somebody who uh, called in with an interesting question here. If you want to just uh, bring this up uh, as they're listening to our conversation. Do we have the today. caller online? Hello. I'm, yeah, I'm online. And this is for Dr. Fudd. Okay. We're having a discussion with like a, selectu- uh, 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 a secular philosopher. How do you deal with the miraculous? That you know that we Catholics believe we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and people don't rise from the dead, you know. And we believe that the the host is really the body and blood of Jesus Christ, but you can't see that, you know. Uh, how do you deal with those kind of questions in, in terms of your conversation philosophically? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, pro- probably the disappointing answer is I, I probably don't. I, I'm in terms of my professional life, I. Um, I, you know, I just kind of stick to my thing and, and others stick to those and we talk about some common points of interest, but, um, but in terms of, you know, professional research and things like that, there's, um, I mean, there, there is whole tracks written, um, on these particular issues, um, on what rationality is and exactly how we assess evidence in order to make these sorts of claims, um, and so there are plenty of, of philosophers who have developed, you know, compelling arguments um, to, to respond to those sorts of objections that the miraculous are not possible. Um, probably with me and my, call it my ordinary life when I'm, you know, not on campus and just, just you know, hanging out with people. Um, you know, I'm, I would probably tie it back to that Socratic point of the, that I started with, that, you know, reality... You know, reality is mysterious and, and complex. You, you to just kind of reduce it down to certain principles that um, would end up cutting one off from big segments of reality. I, I think is problematic. Well, Doctor Flood, how about you know, as our caller inspires us here, you know, we have this whole thing in the Catholic Church about the relationship between faith and reason. So, how, how about faith and reason? Could you touch on that topic quickly? Yeah. So, you know, the traditional distinction. Um, is that faith is going to be those, you know, in terms of intellectual faith, faith is going to be those beliefs that you have on the basis of Scripture and tradition, you know, in, in terms of the Catholic perspective here. Whereas reason are going to be those beliefs based on what I just call our natural cognitive equipment, our, our, our sensory capacities, our, our rationality, our ability just to understand the world through the powers that we all have as human beings. Um, so, you know, I was talking earlier about that point of contact. 
One of the value, big value that you find with philosophy is, you know, we're, we're just appealing to this common cognitive equipment that all people have. You don't need to accept tradition and scripture. You don't need to accept any of that to, in principle, have these sorts of discussions. Um, that's why philosophy has long served as a sort of bridge between um, both different religions, right, Christianity in, in relation to other religions, but also, you know, things like religion versus science, and it's that nice sort of mediating discipline that hopefully we all have common human experience that we can appeal to in order to um, understand each other better and, you know, yeah, go from there. Well, Dr. Flood, we're uh, sadly going to have to leave it there, but we really appreciate your taking the time to be with us and our listeners today. So uh, continue to do the good work that you're doing, and thanks for being with us. Blessings to you and your family. Thank you very much. It was fun being here. And maybe one day I'll see you in the basketball court again. Yeah, well, I will return eventually. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Now, coming up next after this uh, 60-second break, we have Straight Talk. 877-795-0122 is our number to call. You can also submit questions on our Facebook page. Stay tuned as you're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 